Hello and welcome back to the Vineyard Youth Online Podcast. My name is Rach, I am the Youth Pastor at Vineyard Church Cardiff. And my name is Dave, I'm the Associate Youth Pastor at Vineyard Church Cardiff. <laughs> forgot what I was meant to be saying. Are you? How many times have you said that out loud now? 47. 47. Um, we hope you guys have had a good week. We missed you on Tuesday, but hopefully you had an amazing pancake day. I'm not going to talk mm-hmm. about pancake day loads because otherwise I won't have a highlight of the week. Nice. Uh, so hopefully you had Smart. an amazing pancake day. We'll come back to that. But before <laughs> we get there, today we are having site socials this <sighs> evening at six o'clock. So there are two socials running. If you normally go to our central site, which means at the gate there's a social for you being led by Seb and Laura and if you normally go to our north site or our west site then you guys are joining for a social led by Abby, Matt and Hannah um, if you've joined us since we moved online pick whichever site's nearest to you and sign up for that one nice um, both socials are continuing our game show theme uh, but this time you're playing Would I Lie to You oh classic game so um, make sure you sign up to that it will be epically great. Fantastic. As always, let us start with highlights of the week. Um, Rach, I think you've kind of alluded to it already. Uh-huh. What was your highlight of the week? I think maybe Pancake Day. Oh, was it? What a surprise. Uh-huh. Um, we had a little family pancake day. So Judah is is somewhat allergic to eggs and milk, so he's never had pancakes properly before. But he is now enough not allergic that he could handle actual pancakes. Nice. And then um, we had pancake day it was really fun we danced in the kitchen and made pancakes and he was fascinated by the fact we were throwing his food in the air and um it was just really fun it was really fun it was fun it is funny drilling into him like don't throw your food yeah. except on shrove tuesday <laughs> well, in which case, point, throw away we will, in, we will encourage it and film it uh, what about you um do you know what i'm going to say the same mm. we rarely pick the same highlight but it was really nice felt like a really lovely like little family thing of all squashed into our kitchen throwing pancakes around it so, was good and then yeah. we made extra pancakes after we'd gone to bed mm-hmm. so we could eat more nutella uh yeah so that was really good <laughs> um so we would love to hear what you guys have been up to your highlights your pancake um preferences mm, I yes guess. are you a lemon and sugar oh 100 Nutella's a close second, but lemon and sugar for the win. Boo. Um, But (laughs) whatever you are, um, text them into the youth phone 07471 218 219. Yes. So this is our last podcast on our series on the Bible. Um, We really hope that this has been a helpful series. We've spent like a good few weeks properly delving into who actually wrote the Bible. How do we know we can trust it? Is it even still relevant today? And what is in there? Because it's huge. Um, And then we've spent the last two weeks uh, just getting some practice studying passages of the Bible. Um, And this week we want to wrap up by asking the question, how do I read the Bible so that it actually changes my life? Yes. Now, that might feel to you like a weird question, especially if you don't particularly like reading the Bible. Um, You might feel the Bible only makes your life more boring, but the Bible is actually full of amazing stuff. The whole reason we read it is that so it changes us. And hopefully the last two weeks of Bible studies have started to show you that in passages that you might have read a hundred times, there is actually so much gold that we can still get out of it. Yes. So the first and most important thing with reading the Bible so that it changes your life is your attitude to reading it. Mm -hmm. So I did a psychology degree at uni. And if I'm honest, I did not love it. Um, Dave can't relate to this because he loved his degree. Um, But there were a few bits I enjoyed about my degree, but there were a lot of bits that I was not that interested in. Um, And for my course, I was expected to read a lot, lot of textbooks, as you can imagine. And I would sit in the library with a textbook in front of me and a highlighter in my hand and read 
pages and pages and pages and highlight all sorts of <laughs> random things. And after like hours of reading, I could not tell you a single thing that I had just read. I was just reading it to tick it off my to-do list because I'd been told I had to read it. Wasn't in any way interested in what it said. Um, and the Bible is exactly the same. If you just read it because you've been told that you have to, but you're not actually interested in what it says, it will never change your life because you will not take in anything that you have read. Um, and we often feel like to be a good Christian, we have to read our Bibles. And I'm not saying you should ditch your Bible, but I can tell you now, there'll be no Bible knowledge exam when you arrive in heaven. <gasps> Nobody is going to check how many times you've read through your Bible and whether it meets the minimum requirements for entry into heaven when you get there. Uh, we hope. We Well, yeah, I'm fairly <laughs> sure. <laughs> if there is, you just refer them back to yeah. this podcast and say, look, it's Dave and Rachel's fault. <laughs> <laughs> they told us. This is what they told us. How many chapters in Obadiah? Oh, no! <laughs> Um, it's way better that you just read one verse a day and actually think about what it says than that you read a whole chapter without taking any of it in. Yeah. So how do we read the Bible so that it changes our life instead of reading our Bible so that we just feel like good Christians? Now, there are three steps. You've got to read it. You've got to understand it. And then you have to let it change you. Um, and we are going to use the very random analogy of an orange Ooh. and this is another of Rachel's analogies <laughs> and if you've been listening to this podcast you know that Rachel has uh, a way with analogies that at first you think <laughs> what are you chatting about and then it actually turns out to be incredibly profound so bear with us let's hope that's true this our time. starting point is this someone is about to throw an orange at you and your goal is to drink the orange juice to be refreshed by the orange juice now there are three steps to get there one you've got to catch the orange Two, you've got to squeeze the orange. And three, you've got to drink the juice. So catching the orange is reading our Bible. Squeezing the orange is understanding what it's saying. And drinking the orange is acting on it. Okay? I've got you so far. It's the orange. Squeeze the orange. <laughs> so firstly, reading the Bible, catching the orange. How do you catch the orange? It doesn't count if you read it but can't remember anything it says. You have to read it in a way that actually stays in your head. Otherwise, you've essentially caught the orange, fumbled it and dropped it. Um, so, yeah, which doesn't work. No, because then you can't squeeze it because no. you've dropped it. So for some of you, this is where you fall down. You haven't even caught the orange, let alone tried to squeeze it. Um, you don't read the Bible or maybe you sometimes do, but you just don't take any of it in. So essentially you've just dropped the orange again. So how do we do step number one, read the Bible? Uh, Absolute top tip is don't make reading the Bible any more difficult than it already is. <laughs> it is a big book mm. with tiny writing written thousands of years ago. You need to figure out what is the easiest and best way for you to read it. And it will look different for all of us. So firstly, it can definitely help to know how you best learn. So on Tuesday, if you're there at small group, we'll do a little quiz. Oh, so yes. you can figure out your learning style. Like I a love BuzzFeed a, quiz. Love a quiz. What kind of onion am I? <laughs> That probably won't help us, oh, but you okay. can do that one as well if you want. Um, but for example, my like primary learning style, the way I best learn is auditory, which means I learn better if I hear or say something out loud than if I read it in my head. So genuinely, I do read the Bible out loud to myself. Do you? I do, oh, yeah. That's cute, I yeah. didn't know that. Um, and like, as I said, sitting quietly in the library reading psychology textbooks didn't teach me anything, because that isn't how I take in or understand information. I need to hear it or read it out loud. Yeah, for me, I'm kind of similar. I need to mm -hmm. hear it, but I need to, like, interact with it. If I'm learning something, I need to, like, work out my take on it and talk to someone else about it, 
probably why I talk to people all the time. <laughs> um, like, I, I kind of want to be like, oh, what are my questions? What do you think about it? What do you think about my questions about it? Like, I need to chat it through. That, uh-huh. that helps a lot. Yes. So another example, if you're dyslexic, probably sitting quietly and trying to read it isn't going to work well. Try listening to it. Mm-hmm. The U version app will read it to you. Or if you're a previous Soul Survivor fan before it stopped and you know who Mike Pilevacci and Andy Kraft are, they will read the Bible to you. I mean, oh, not live. Glorious. It's on YouTube. But they have read through the whole New Testament out loud so you can listen to them read it to you. Perfect. So figure out the best way for you to read your Bible in a way that you will actually take in the words that are on the page. Yes. And so once you've figured out how to read the words in a way that doesn't just go straight over your head... How do you get stuff out of them? Right, so we've caught the orange in your weird analogy. <laughs> we've managed not to drop it. Woo-hoo. So now, how do we squeeze it? How do we squeeze that orange? It is essential that we understand the Bible. Um, if not, this exercise is totally pointless because, as we said, we're not aiming to tick a read the Bible off our list of like how it looks to be a good Christian. If you don't understand your Bible, it will never change your life. Like, how could it? Um, it'd be like going to a history lesson in Japanese. Like you just don't understand Japanese. You're not going to be any better at history at the end of the year, um, at the end of the classes than you were at the beginning. So how on earth do we understand it? Now, this is where we need to get some good tools. And again, this will look different for all of us, depending on how your mind works, depending on our personalities and our learning styles. So the big one that we have been going on and on about over the last couple of weeks is having a bunch of questions that you can ask when you read the Bible to help you to understand what is going on. So some helpful questions that you might want to use are, what is the context? So you don't have to have a theology degree to answer this question. Just figure out where you're at in the story, what has just happened, who's involved. Um, what is out of the ordinary? So essentially, if it was you in this passage, is this how you would behave? And if not, what is different? What can you take away from that? Um, like when we read the bit in Luke today, didn't we? Where an angel appears to Zechariah and is like, you're going to have a baby. And he's like, how can I know if this is real? And it's, he's basically like, because I'm an angel standing straight in front of you. an angel there, come on. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Um, and what does this passage teach you about God? So again, with these questions, you have to think about how you best learn and process information. So I am genuinely incapable of having thoughts inside of my own head. Oh, glory, it's so true. <laughs> so if you asked me to sit quietly and just think about the answers to these questions, I'd get literally nowhere. We'd, we'd have no <laughs> answers whatsoever. But, but I'm quite introverted. So the best way for me to process my, my answers to these questions is to write my answers down. But maybe if you're an extrovert, Dave, Hello. you might want to have a Bible study partner who you can talk through your answers to these questions. Yes, having like a Bible study partner um, is so helpful. Another thing that's quite helpful is just asking someone like they don't have to be your established Bible study partner. Mm-hmm. But like I used to when I was in youth, we didn't really have a youth group in my church. But um, when I was sort of 16, 17, if I read something, I was like, wait, what? I would go, I I was in like an adult small group that I would go to them and be like, what does this mean? Or I'd go and find my vicar and be like, look, I just read this. What on earth is that talking about? And I sort of, that's how I steadily like built up a background of knowledge. I think it's important to know, like you're not going to know everything about the Bible straight away. No. Or in like five or 10 years. It's it's something that you build up over a long time. Um, Also, get a a really good commentary. Um, So lots of Bibles uh, come with like, little notes and sections um, underneath the text that tell you what's going on and tell you the context. Um, So uh, 
the word speaks, the Bible speaks today, I think is a really good NIV mm. one. The ESV have a great study Bible um, that's like the cover's white with two red triangles on it. That's a great one. Um, so just just like it's slowly building up your knowledge of the Bible. Don't stress that you don't know everything about it possible now. Um, but just work out how we can start to build that knowledge because it's so much, it comes to life when you know what's going on, the context, how it fits into the story. It just gets richer and richer. Yeah, it's such a good point, actually. If you like listen to us and you're like, how do you know that? We know that because we're like 10, 15 years ahead of you because we've had these conversations for the last 10 or 15 years. Not because we're super geniuses. We've just spent 10 or 15 years having these conversations with people and picking things up. So don't beat yourself up about it if you're like, I don't know any of this stuff. That's totally fine. Um, So now we've read our Bibles and understood what's going on, how do we let it change us? Otherwise, it's just information in our heads. So in our analogy, we've caught the orange. We didn't drop it. We squeezed the orange. But if we just leave it there, then there's just some orange juice in the kitchen. Bit random. We haven't drunk it yet. We need to get all the vitamin-y goodness. Um, so, <laughs> all the vitamin-y goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So the Bible is not just a list of instructions on being a good person. So letting it change you isn't as simple as just reading a passage and doing what it says all of the time. Sometimes it is. Uh-huh. Do not do, murder. Do not murder. I was going to say the same one. Guys, you just, just stop murdering. Just don't murder anyone. Right? That's really simple. Just let the orange juice vitamin you. <laughs> But it's not all that simple. So there's two parts to letting the Bible change you. The first one is identifying what needs to change. Mm -hmm. And the second one is choosing to make that change. Both tricky. Yes. So how do you identify what needs to change? When you read a passage of the Bible, how do you know which bit of your life should be changing as a result? (laughs) So for this, we've got a couple more questions to add to your list when you're studying the Bible. So firstly, what stands out to you personally in this passage? If I read a passage of the Bible and you read the same passage of the Bible, it won't necessarily have the same effect on both of us. If there's different stuff going on in our lives, then the way that that bit of the Bible changes our lives will be different. So when you read a passage, God will highlight stuff to you that will be different to what he's highlighting to everyone else. Don't assume that the thing that sticks out to you in that passage is the same thing that's sticking out to me or to anybody else. The thing that sticks out to you will give you a fairly good idea of what God might want to change in your life. So always ask the question, what stands out to me personally in this passage? So, for example, last week we were studying the passage about Jesus in the wilderness. What stood out to me was that Jesus doesn't try to take control, even though it might be easier that way. He leaves God in control. And nowhere in that passage did it say, Rach, stop being a control freak and let God be in control. It's just, but you know, if that's a word from the Lord. <laughs> but it's just a story about what God, what Jesus did in His own situation. But that's what stood out to me, and it's what I need to apply to my life. Mm. Another great question is: If this passage is true, how should it change my life? So, like we said, the passage you're reading probably won't be a list of rules. It's more likely to be a story. But if that story is true, how should it change your life or the way that you think? For example, if we believe it's true that we've been given the authority to heal people, maybe we should try healing people. Cray cray. Totally crazy. Then, part two of this question, when we figured out what it is that needs to change, how does that change actually happen? Now, this is not something that happens by accident. We have to choose to act on what we learn from the Bible. Otherwise, it will not affect us. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that we need to apply to our lives are really simple choices. For example, maybe it's not swearing. That's just a choice to change your actions. But a lot of the time, 
What needs to change is not a behavior that you can just change like that. Often like it's a belief, it's a way we think. So for example, you might believe that you're not valued or that you're not a particularly valuable or important person. The thing that needs to change is knowing that God says you are valuable. That that is not something that you can just flick a switch and change. Mm-hmm. And also like some of the small stuff doesn't always change. So that is an example from my life. When I got to about 13, 14, I was like, I should probably stop swearing so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried and it was really hard. And so I gave it up for Lent. I think I said this a couple of weeks yeah. ago. I gave it up for Lent every year. Um, and it took three or four years until I really stopped swearing. Um, there's a bunch of helpful resources as well that we would like to recommend um, when it's a head thing rather than an action that needs to change. The first is I Am So Many Things. Um, this is a journal about of truths about God and about who God says you are with relevant Bible verses and tons of space to draw and journal reflecting on them. So it's called I Am So Many Things. It's great. It is great. Um, another one is memorising scripture. Yes, so I did this when I had Judah. So I had to have an operation, which was scary. Um, so I memorised the verse, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. And I just repeated it over and over and over. Um, like while I was in the operating theatre, I just kept thinking, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. And it like got into my head and I was able to focus on it and it stopped me from being scared. Amazing. Another really helpful one is meditation, like meditating on scripture. Um, And there's a few ways to do this. A really simple one is to do a breath prayer. So if we take Rachel's verse, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. What you do for a breath prayer is as you breathe in, you say, when I am afraid. So like, when I am afraid. (laughs) Don't do it out loud because saying it as you breathe in sounds really stupid. And then as you breathe out in your head, you say, I put my trust in you. And you do it over and over. When I am afraid, as you breathe in, I put my trust in you as you breathe out. Um, When I am afraid. I put my trust in you, but do it in your head because you sound really stupid. You do sound stupid. (laughs) Um, To take it to the next level, each time you do it, focus on a different word and what it means. So like, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Um, You you get it. Um, There's also meditation apps like Soul Time and Live From Rest. Uh, They take a passage of the Bible or a verse and expand on it, guide you through thinking about it, meditating on it um, so that you get it into your head. And as you start to get some of the key bits of the Bible into your head and really focus on what they mean, it will start to change you. Great. So quick summary. Yeah. Our aim is to read the Bible so it changes our life, Boom. not just because it makes us look like good Christians. Amen. So how do we do that? Good question. First, we have to catch the orange and not drop it. Uh-huh. We have to read the Bible and actually take in what it's saying. Don't make it difficult for yourselves. Figure out how you find it easiest to read. Read it, listen to it, read it out loud, etc. Secondly, we have to squeeze the orange. Squeeze the orange. We need to understand the Bible. So there are a bunch of questions you can ask yourself when you're reading the passage to help you understand what's going on. Um, plus a few like good ideas like talk to other people, get a like study Bible that has context in it, etc. And finally, we've got to drink the orange juice. Mm-mm, vitamin-y goodness. So we've got to let it change us. So again, some really helpful questions to figure out what it is that needs to change. And then sometimes it's something that we can just change. And sometimes it's a mindset. And so we suggested some helpful resources for you guys to get it into your head. Boom. We hope that has been helpful. Um, We are going to leave you guys there with all of that to stew on and Mm -hmm. mull. Um, But if you haven't signed up for tonight's social, make sure you do. Yes. Um, And then we will see you on Tuesday. If you're not in a small group, message us, text us on the youth phone 07471 218 219 and we will find you a small group because they are 
so key they are where we do community they're where we do family so join one of those they're incredible i'm going to pray and then we will bring this to a close fabulous uh lord we thank you for this time that we've had to look at your word and how we get it into us how we let it change us thank you that it is alive um and that it's not like any other book that it, it can change our lives that it gets richer and richer the more we read it um, and would you help us do that, Lord? It's not easy. It's a tricky old book, um, but we love it and we want it to be in our heads and in our hearts. Lord, would you help us, help the young people um, and thank you for them because they're brill. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. See you tonight at the socials or and see you next Tuesday. Yes. Bye. Bye.